You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello and happy Hallelujah days to everyone out there listening. Colin and I are back. Long-awaited, long, bated breath, people listening. But we are back to cover Drag Race. But this time we're coming out with another special episode. Technically, this is a, still a part of our random rewatch. Um, even though it just came out, we're not watching the old shows of the 60s and 80s and Talking Plants and Golden Girls and all that. We're talking 2018 content. We are here to cover the, what is it, RuPaul's Drag Race, Holla Slay, Special, Spectacular, Extravaganza, whatever the word is. Non-denominational? Non-denominational Christmas episode. <laughs> Um, whatever you want to call it, we're here to cover that. Uh, I don't have a quote, so I'm just going to throw to Colin and say, Colin's here, and I want to see how excited he is. Are you excited? Uh, I was, and then I watched this episode. <laughs> um, come on, it's a Christmas special. Is it? Is it really? I thought that I just watched a 42-minute commercial for RuPaul's new Christmas album available on iTunes. I mean, can't you do both? Uh, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, obviously, this was all promotion. There was no other reason for this. You think? <laughs> oh, all right, shut up. Um, I didn't know that going in, to be fair. No. Going in, us, the viewers, and the participants had no idea what it was going to become. They were just told they were there to compete for some Christmas crown, and that was it. Obviously, there was very little competing, <laughs> um, very little improvised work, and a lot of promotion. But we can still have fun. It was a variety show. We got a whole bunch of different things. There were memorable quotes and lines and moments that we could still talk about and appreciate, despite the fact that it was very planned, very produced, <laughs> and very edited. Come on, you can at least you can appreciate it. I I can. But here's the disclaimer. I think that when you said this is a variety show, that's what this should have been. And instead, it was like, I honestly don't think I've seen anything like this before, where I feel like they planned something, and then the day of filming said, let's just scrap it, let's do a variety show. And they're like, well, we don't have a stage, we don't have a crowd, let's just do it here. Let's completely change the episode and not tell anybody, because that's the way this comes across. Uh, when it starts, I'm thinking to myself, this is going to be... Ugh, sorry. <clears throat> uh, unprofessional. Uh, <laughs> 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 There's no time to edit this. Um, when it's just starting, I'm thinking, this is going to be like a one-off competition. The exact way they present it. That they're all going to be there, and maybe they'll start slowly eliminating people. I know MasterChef does this you know, maybe once a year or so, where they'll do... Uh, um, a two hour long competition and they'll bring back a couple of favorites and slowly eliminate them. Uh, and this may have worked if it was that, but going in when you kind of mentioned there was going to be a RuPaul holiday thing, I was predicting something like the last finale we saw where it was on a stage in front of a crowd and that it was more of a variety show. And I'm like, well, that could really work. Who knew we were going to get both, but there was going to be no crowd and no common sense um, and a, a whole lot of RuPaul Christmas songs that kind of all sound the same. Um, 
there were parts that I liked about this, though, and I feel like if there had been a way to just re-edit this episode and make it two separate shows let's present the competition portion of it and let's present the variety portion of it and you watch this as two separate shows i think both of them would work it's just there is no way that these two work as one 40 minute show yeah it was definitely a lot to cram in in you know 40 minutes or whatever i know we talked a lot about in all-stars three like the last few episodes that were 40 minutes were like, can we hurry this up? Yeah. Like, it doesn't need, or it doesn't need to be an hour or something. And this was like, can this be an hour at least? Like <laughs> it needed to be a lot longer if they wanted to cram as much as they did in. Obviously we see nothing of the rehearsing they did to do those dances. We saw none of the, you know, practicing and memorizing of all the lines and the lyrics and all that kind of stuff. We saw none of that. We saw none of them talk about, you know, what they were going to do for their non-denominational Christmas <laughs> outfit. <laughs> Um, so there was a lot that was left unsaid um, just a little behind the scenes of it it was a two it was like a weekend filming all the people came out they did their practicing of all the, the 80s dance moves and all the other uh, ensemble numbers that they did um, quite a bit of confusion because they thought they were contestants not performers so there's a whole pay thing and all that kind of stuff so there's a whole bunch of drama were they upset by that because i didn't realize when when you said that the contestants thought they were here to compete i'm just imagining a lot of these big personalities that we've seen over the last couple seasons coming and thinking that and they put all this work into it only to be like everybody's a winner and you get like that fake Shangela thing of like, yay, I'm a winner now, which is probably like, why did you just waste my time? Like, I, I actually really want to know the behind the scenes of if anybody was really upset by this. Well, there was like apparently a big deal because you you get paid differently. I'm not 100% sure the specifics. I didn't look too much into this, but there's a difference if you get paid as a like someone who's working like in conjunction, like for the show, like kind of like a judge, I would say versus a contestant like there's a difference in the pay mm-hmm. and so i think that as a contestant you would get less or something like that and like they, they called it like they were competing but they didn't actually really do any competing and they were doing all the dress rehearsals and the practices of these numbers that were very choreographed and all that kind of stuff so they would they should have been getting paid more so there was a whole bunch of issues with that um and obviously they're taking time out of their you know schedule not competing it's literally a weekend thing that they're doing and you know they're under these conditions they're working really hard and it's not getting the right pay and all that kind of stuff so there's a whole bunch of issues with that jasmine walked off the set the last day it was a whole mess uh that's actually quite clear now why the mask is in there it's to hide the double that had to stand in for jasmine no she was there (laughs) but apparently her makeup had all sweated off so she couldn't like didn't have time to readjust so she threw that on and that's and throughout the entire episode you won't get a confessional because those take place on the last day and that she just wasn't there for that hmm. and so there's a whole bunch of drama with that i still think it was a lot of fun i think some people still had fun doing it um despite the fact that it kind of was a mess <laughs> um i will say we're recording this quite late later than i thought we would and all stars four had already come out um, the first episode had aired already and I thought that was a hot mess so I actually enjoyed this a lot more after seeing the first episode of All-Stars oh good are, now are any of these people on the new All-Stars because I didn't realize how close these were 
until you mentioned earlier this week, well, maybe we could record both of these back to back. And then I started to think, well, is this episode just, you know, kind of a backdoor way to do an extended commercial for the new All-Stars? And I was thinking, well, all these people are probably the All-Stars, but I'm guessing that's not the case. No, no, it's a grab bag. There's like some that are, are some that aren't. Um, so the people that are were Tush are uh, Jasmine, um, Latrice, and I think that's it, if I'm remembering right. Yeah. So only two hmm. out of the ten, eight? I think there's eight, yeah. Yeah, eight out of the eight were going to be seeing again or or we'll have we'll we'll be seeing again technically depending on when you wear watch this mm-hmm. so it's a it's a weird mix as well i think that's something that a lot of people commented on that it's like a weird mix of people like you have people from last season but then you have people from season two and earlier and stuff it's just like this weird mix and shangela again like so much shangela um it's a, it's a real weird collection um, but let's get into the actual variety show, I guess. What if we're going to gall this? Um, so they come in like it's a normal premiere episode. Uh, did it bring any flashbacks of what we've watched last year or this past year? Yeah, I mean, especially considering it was an eight-minute intro. <laughs> and I was kind of enjoying like get, getting to know these new personalities. I'm like, whoa, these people are standing out a lot like... That's kind of the running joke we had in the previous two seasons. I'm like, I can't tell these people apart right away. And I was like, oh, I get this person. Like, they have a distinct look, a distinct name, distinct kind of act. You get it right away. And it was about eight minutes in where I'm like, I'm kind of excited for the season. And be like, wait, I'm kind of excited for the next 32 minutes because that's all that's left. <laughs> and we've just done the intros. Anyone stand out in your eyes? Uh, yeah. And I don't know if I should... <laughs> Some of these questions may be considered insensitive, but um, Sonique. Now, are those boobs real? I mean, real in terms of those permanent fixtures? Because those don't look like a prosthetic that I know some of the others probably wear in other episodes. Yeah, so uh, Sonique's different because uh, Sonique's a, a trans woman, so those are real. Okay, like, are they real or are they, like, Sonique was a man and is now a woman? Yes. Okay. And I'm assuming real as in, like, real, uh, yeah. Like implants. I'm just yeah. going to say real and end it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, because it's very clear. Like, I'm like, those don't look like prosthetics to me. I mean, they're still not real, but, I mean, credit to Sonique. Like, this is the most attractive drag queen I've ever seen, or even transgender person I've ever seen. Like, I was looking at saying, man, that's a good-looking woman. <laughs> I'd be like, wait a second, what am I saying? This is not a woman. You're married. I know, I'm married. <laughs> I shouldn't be thinking these. Jamie should be concerned. But, uh, no, like, <laughs> very... She's con- too busy watching Netflix. Yeah, notice. that's right. She's hogging all the Wi-Fi right now. Um, but, like, seriously, I, I kind of... I don't think I ever addressed this on the last season, because I wasn't able to be there for every episode. But, um... One of the things that I was kind of divided on is, is it better to be a drag queen where it's very clear you are a man dressing in drag? And that's kind of the humor of it. Like, and I kind of appreciate the humor of uh, this this type of act or profession or whatever you want to call it, entertainment. Or in the case of Shangela, where Shangela just looked like a very convincing woman, you know? And 
that with Sonic, it's kind of the same thing. It's like, you know, uh, do I give him slash her whatever more credit because they're able to look like a very convincing woman? Or do I more appreciate something like Trixie, which looks like a woman out of my nightmares, you know? <laughs> and that's kind of funny. Uh, I kind of lean more towards the humor aspect, though. Uh, but, like, again, I, I got to give anybody credit, especially... And again, some people may say this is a sensitive or whatever, but like transgender people, it's usually pretty clear that they were once another gender. And if you had not told me, I wouldn't have known with Sonique. I don't know if that gives her an unfair advantage in a competition like this, too. Um, yeah, I mean, it's total preference on how you kind of cho- choose to do it. Like, I mean, um, hmm, I'm trying to think of someone that would be a good. I don't know. I can't think of a good example right now off the top of my head of, of people you would know, but there's so many different, it's totally personality based, interest based, like no two podcasters are the same, no two <laughs> queens are the same kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> if that translates well. Uh, people confuse Rossi um, and I all the time. Yeah, I'm lost in how to answer your question a little <laughs> bit, but um, I mean, it's total however you want to handle your own stuff. It's your own business kind of thing. Um I don't think there's an unfair, an, a fair or unfair advantage to anyone who competes, regardless of their, you know, history of life, just because, you know, the some of the stuff that they do on this show is a little crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, like we've had challenges where you had to sing live or you know had to memorize drug pharmaceutical things, yeah. you know. So it's really not like you have any advantage being a woman versus not kind of thing. Well, and I mean, this is where. At least the way Except I maybe the physical features where it would help, like it's easy to just have them instead of to put them on. But also, it's like the way I was coming from it, where I I, I prefer this as like an entertainment, like it's comedy, and I, that's kind of I guess how this all started. It's like, isn't it funny? Look at that guy dressed as a woman. You know, however many decades ago, or whenever this started, that was probably the origin of it. It is comedy, and that was one of the complaints I would have with Shangela in past seasons, where it's like Shangela presents himself, herself, or whatever. As just, look, I'm a very glamorous woman. And it loses a lot of the humor. And I would say the same thing. Like, if if this is something where people are being judged based on, wow, they really do look like a woman, then it's an unfair advantage if you get a boob job or whatever or change your gender. Um, But just for a personal preference, I mean, I much prefer the woman of my uh, of my nightmares like Trixie or Kimchi as another one I quickly discovered something looks very familiar about Kimchi here only a little more Asian um okay I'm lost well they, they even draw a parallel in this about how Kimchi and Trixie are basically the same person like their looks their makeups it's all very similar the only difference is Kimchi is the Asian Trixie Mattel yeah, they're a bit different. They have different interests. Um, well, but they say in this episode, I can't remember who it was, or maybe it was one of them basically saying in this episode, it's like, yeah, it's Trixie and Kimchi. They're basically the same person. They did grow up together. They did start, you know, their their career together in a similar time. So they've known each other for a really long time. Mm. So maybe that's a part of familiarity, I would say. Uh, just to, real quick to attach on to what you were saying about kind of the personality and the kind of what you prefer. I would say, you know, Latrice, who I don't know if you got much impression out of Latrice this episode, but that's someone who does very simple, like woman, 
but mm. is very like personable, funny. Like that is someone you just kind of love to laugh with kind of thing. So I feel like that sometimes there are people like that who do a really good blend of kind of the two camps that you talked about. Mm-hmm. So there is a lot of gray area in terms of these things. Like I know you tend to prefer people like Trixie and Kim and others. Um, but there's definitely a lot of gray area. So I'm sure you, I'm sure there's a lot of appreciation for some of the other people out there as well. Um, so the episode post eight minutes into the episode, <laughs> um, they have a mini challenge, which is the dancing with the, the reindeer pit crew, um, which this was my, obviously mine, other people's first indication that this was a very scripted thing. Mm-hmm. as they were coming down with clearly rehearsed dance moves and high kicks and splits and kind of walks and performances and everything. Um, Mayhem ends up winning. Doesn't win anything, just satisfaction of <laughs> having a win. Um, again, kind of what's the point, but it's fun. We get to learn about the Christmas album. What is it? Christmas cookies or whatever the song was mm-hmm. as they pranced down the red carpet. Um any standouts here or did you just say what is this i was going what is this and not like you as a fan of the show and as you're indicating other people were like well this seems very scripted that wouldn't have been something that bothered me but it's it's just a very clear shift in the tone even just with these weird cutaway to the elf and then all of a sudden you jump to a musical sequence like it's just you can't this is what i'm saying if i would love to see two separate versions of the show each 20 minutes long and let's just pretend they're not connected because when you're going from and here's your challenge and then you cut to this music and it's not like what's the easiest way to describe this like if they were to do the spur of the moment when they do the lip syncing and everything like that you still have the ambient noise from the studio and all that and these sequences, it was literally like we just cut all the audio, we're, we're doing filmed cameras, we probably did this in multiple takes, and it's clear to an audience when something is done live and you have five or six cameras, and there are people observing this and cheering like every time somebody does the splits or something like that, they're like, yeah! And then you have something that's like, this was clearly filmed over, you know, six hours and however many takes, it's just, it doesn't even look like the same show. And... I don't think I, I actually followed that anybody did win this because I, I was just suddenly watching it going like, D- is this a fan edit or something? I was wondering, I was on YouTube. I'm like, I-, I should have asked Rossi if this is the right show because this seems like somebody's just editing together clips from different shows. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, it definitely has a lot of um, cutting, a lot of weird transitions or, or lack of transitions, obviously. Um, and you brought up the worst part of the entire episode was that stupid elf Ugh. that is the most uncomfortable thing i would if that wasn't there i it would have been 10 times better and you know what was weird about it? when it when it first came up i'm like okay that's just a little gag they have and there's uh there's another show that was on the food network that i this reminded me of i don't know do you ever watch the food network Occasionally, I'm not sure what you're referencing. Well, there's this show. It was only like three or four episodes long. It was called like the ultimate gingerbread showdown or something like that. And it's just getting these gingerbread castle makers, basically. And they give them like a whole day and you have to build, you know, a three foot tall gingerbread village or things like that. And the host would just every once in a while, the host would appear 
like in a cutaway like this as an elf sitting somewhere on the set and going, Hey guys, you only got three hours left. Ha ha. And it, it, it just, it was really weird and confusing. And then I saw it like this in this show. And I assumed the same thing. Well, like it'll just be a quick gag, but this was like maybe a dozen times throughout this episode that this elf appeared and none of it had any interaction with the people who were there. Whereas the cooking show, I saw this gingerbread show, they would do that, and it, it was it was kind of clever that, that people who are in the studio or the contestants, they were probably responding just to the host in regular as a regular person off stage saying something. So it looks like they're interacting with an elf. This was like, they're like, well, this episode's not working. Okay, let's film an elf. Let's have the elf tell a few jokes. And every time the show starts to go flat, cut to the elf. And that's the way this came across. It's just, it had me scratching my head along with so many other things in this episode. Yeah, it's clear that, yeah, like I said, the worst part of the entire episode was this. Um, like, honestly, I felt like someone could have come by and stepped on it. And, and like, like, it was just that irritating. You're like, what's that noise? It's, uh, it was so uncomfortable to watch. Especially because, like, that's not, like, a, a random stranger or even the host of the show. It's, like, a random guest judge, you know? It's just, like, what? Yeah, somebody who's on the show quite frequently. Yeah, and it was on the episode. And you're, like, uh, what? Like, it would have anyway. been great <clears throat> in the uh, the premiere of Survivor this past week if we just had random cutaways to Rupert Bonham as an elf. You know, <sighs> just sitting in a tree. The idol's up here, Angelina! That would have been better than this. <laughs> or even if, if they swapped Ross for Rupert, like that would have been way better. Oh yeah, let's do Rupert Bonham on Drag Race. Please. <laughs> guest judge. Special guest judge. We'll, yeah. we'll pitch it. <laughs> Start the petition. Um, yeah, we will. Um, so they transition from, or they don't, they just jump to... Uh, them sitting and talking about their Christmas memories and talking about past experiences or travels or whatever <laughs> gifts they got. And then it starts into a, a number, which then cuts to this studio number of them just dancing in onesies <laughs> um, to probably a new song. And then the elf shows up again. And then they fade away back to the workroom and Jasmine says, do we just imagine that together? Oh. And it was just like, what? <laughs> what was it? What? Obviously, you loved it from what you're groaning. <laughs> well, I kind of wanted them to go around and like, hey, what was your favorite Christmas present? And this is my question to you because I had this conversation with Jamie. What was like your ultimate Christmas present you had growing up? Like at any age, you can pick any age. But like, what was your personal greatest Christmas present you ever got? I don't know if it was the greatest. It's just when you ask that, this is what stand out. Because um, every kid, you know, you long for the biggest gift ever and, like, the most obnoxious size thing. Mm -hmm. And I remember one time I got a bike and my parents had wrapped it up all in the wrapping paper. <laughs> so I got this huge, like, thing, and I was, like, amazed at what it was. I didn't even know what it was. But I just remember that being such a standout in terms of gifts. Um, I've got a couple. Uh, first, every kid kind of has. I well, I'm I'm assuming every kid has like that one big obsession when they're like you know two or like when I was Casper's age, before I could even remember. There Peppa was a, Pig. A, the what? Peppa Pig was that your? It was yeah, Peppa Pig for me too. It runs in the family. Uh, <laughs> but like the way that Casper has Peppa Pig or an American Tale, 
um, there's a TV show from the 80s with David Hasselhoff called Knight Rider. And from like earlier than I can ever remember, apparently I was just obsessed with this show. Uh, and one year I got like the car from Knight Rider, which was a talking car. And that was like the thing that I always wanted the most. Um, but flash forward a bit when I was a little bit older, um, I actually pl- started playing guitar when I was five years old. And when I was eight, I really wanted an electric guitar. And I always have this thing where I wake up way earlier than everybody else on Christmas morning. Like, when I was a really little kid, I would come into my mom's room at like 3.30 in the morning and just be like, is it time yet? And she'd be like, go back to bed. I'll tell you when it's time. <laughs> and that was every single Christmas. And one year I was up at like, I don't know, 5.30 in the morning. And I was just you know, looking at all the presents under the tree. And I saw that one was an amplifier, like an amp. And I'm like, oh, I got an amp. But I'm looking around and I'm like, well, even if they wrap, similar to what you said about the bike, I'm like, even if they wrapped a guitar, I would be able to tell. And I'm looking at all these all these other presents and thinking like, oh, there's no guitar here. And I don't remember it even bothering me. I'm like, well, I got an amp for Christmas. I'm not thinking like, what am I going <laughs> to play on it? Because <laughs> I clearly didn't get a guitar. Uh, but then when my mom was awake, you know, I saw the amp. She's like, oh, look, there's the other present over there. And there, like there was an electric guitar literally standing right up against the curtains, like not hidden behind like in a Christmas story. <laughs> it was standing right there. So for two hours, I wandered around the house looking for there's got to be a guitar here. This doesn't make sense. Only to see that it was there. I still have that guitar to this day, too. Is that going to be Casper's fifth day, fifth Christmas gift? Oh, it's got to be. Yeah, I'm going to get him. You know, No, I- amp. And, and and yeah, well, he'll get the amp just for the joke of it. I'm gonna get him the amp and no guitar. Perfect. <laughs> a Peppa the Pig amp. Yeah, I will get him Peppa with no George. How about that? <gasps> How could you? He does love guitars too. Um, here's another. This is complete sidebar, but let's face it: half of this episode we got nothing to talk about. Um, half the episode was sidebar. Yeah, exactly. Uh, for his birthday. Uh, we had like, well, you know, grandparents and aunts, uncles and everything. And what my brother does is, uh, instead of them going out and getting him a present, like a really cool present or whatever, he will give all of his girls three or $4 each and send them to the dollar store and say, go buy something for Casper. And they've done this two years in a row now. I mean, he's only two, so two, each, each birthday. Wow, only two? Yeah. So terrible. <laughs> They've only done it for the last two years. They weren't very considerate before he was born. Um, but they'll go to the dollar store and get him little presents. And as an adult, you'd look at it and be like, oh, look, they got him big fuzzy dice. And you would think, well, I mean, that's just a kid buying a present. And meanwhile, Casper is like obsessed with these giant big fuzzy dice because he's two. And I'm like, kids actually know kids. They should do this more often. And one of my nieces got him like a little toy guitar which he has played with this thing to death, literally to the point where all the strings are off of it now, and it's basically broken in half, and he still swings it around trying to you know, knock the TV off of the TV stand with it. But, uh, yeah, so he has his guitar. He he doesn't know how to use it properly. But lesson is, if you really want a kid to have the best present for Christmas, send another kid to the dollar store, and they'll find the coolest present. I mean... Life hacks for new parents. There you go. And think about it. He's not spending 50 bucks on his nephew now. He's spending, he's got four girls. Each of them have $4. I mean, he's spending less than $20 after tax to make Casper the happiest kid in the world. Solid plan. 
So Christmas. Do you want to get back into the episode or <laughs> RuPaul, get any more stories? Do we have to? <laughs> I'm having such a good time here. <laughs> Come on, we have to talk about the non-denominational denominational oh, Christmas. Oh, okay. There will be and some good 80s, stuff coming up here. 80s right. workout yeah. video. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so eventually they transition into the runway, which has the 80s workout um, themed performance to Get to You by RuPaul, featured on new album available on iTunes. Uh, <laughs> did you not think anything? Did you like anything from this? Was it all trash? It's all. I. It's just. Here's the thing. If you have one or two musical numbers like this in an episode, something will stand out. There must have been eight musical numbers. We're talking about like one every five minutes in this episode. That they just all blend together for me. I mean, it's not until we get to the lip syncing at the end that I think I actually remembered anything that happened in any of these musical numbers. Did you? Were you impressed by Sonique's flip, Latrice's split, anything? Uh, I'd have to go back to watch it because, again, it's blended together so much that I couldn't tell you if anybody did the splits or a flip. Well, Latrice did a split. Uh, Sonique did a flip. It was impressive. And that's that. Um... <laughs> I mean, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun performance. Obviously, it's very script. At this point, you kind of just have to accept. In order to appreciate it, you just kind of have to accept what they're giving you and just not move on. So that was kind of my mentality at this point. I was like, this is a step up from what we just saw. I'm on board. They look crazy in 80s outfits. I don't know why it was 80s. We're just going to go with it. And I was like, I was enjoyed. I was not, like, blown away by theatrics or anything but I I mean I sat there and enjoyed it like I didn't hate it I wasn't miserable it could have been far worse I watched plants talking <laughs> no 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 the plants talking at least has yeah at least has comical value to it being bad this is just forgettable I enjoyed it so you know what you're wrong <laughs> <laughs> and then they also did the non-denominational Christmas runway <laughs> Any standouts here? Yes, I have something to talk about here. Um, about I, runway? Whoa, Colin, yeah. who are you? I have plenty of notes on this, because it actually felt like this was a real episode again, and I was getting excited when I started seeing things like, J is it Jasmine? Jasmine with the bag? The bag over her head. Okay, so I saw this, and I wrote, why does she have saran wrap over her face? Like, is this supposed to be like, you know... Christmas Day leftovers in the fridge because it just looks like saran wraps over her face. Pot, potluck Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> but here's the other thing. What about it looked Christmassy? It was just like... It was gold. It, it was gold? Yeah, I mean, but I don't know. Gold... Maybe the three wise men, they brought gold. That was one of their gifts. But it's not like people see gold and like, oh, just makes me think of Christmas. Gold and saran wrap reminds me of all the Christmases growing up. Um, the 99 cents for Christmas. Yeah, exactly. This is this is what you do when you get kids to shop for Christmas. Um, some of them I thought were like good costumes. Like I thought Sonique's gingerbread outfit. I'm like, that's a really clever costume. And I was thinking to myself, like, I kind of wanted one of those episodes where we would see them struggling to make these costumes and come up with this is what my concept is. Of course, we got none of that. We had a couple of musical sequences. Uh, <laughs> and like Shangela's Frosty. I'm like, that looked like a really good costume. Eureka with the Christmas Barbie. Oh, that was just... 
it, it, okay, it looks spectacular. And that's my profile pick right now, by the way, the, the 1996 Christmas Barbie, all of yeah, our favorites. Everyone go check Facebook. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, um, like it's it, again, it's incredible. And I would have wanted to see how did she put this together? And this is the other thing, like behind the scenes, was this part of the episode? Did they do these things there on site? Was it sprung on the men or did they get told long ahead of time? Just prepare a costume and bring it down. I don't know. I'm assuming that they were told to bring something Christmassy. And I mean, most of the time, the things you see, unless they're told in the episode, Hey, this is what you have to make. Um, you know, the episode one of season 10 where they had to do the, the drag on the dime. We got mm-hmm. some of the creations from that. Unless you get something told where, like, you're making it, like, they don't make it. So just get some sort of designer or their friend or whoever to make it for them. And then, obviously, they have their ideas. Obviously, everyone had their own take on everything. So I'm guessing they just went out and said, okay, this is my idea. Help me execute this, and we'll work on it kind of thing. Um, highlight in a good way and highlight in a bad way. The good way, kimchi's present thing, I don't think it really works as like a runway look because this isn't really like you're coming up with a fashion look for yourself. This was, I'm going to dress as a living walking bundle of presents, but it looked spectacular. Uh, and I give kimchi even more props when we get to the lip sync one with this. Um, but then in the bad way, uh, uh, Minotaur Maleficent, what was this that Mayhem was wearing? This was not Christmassy in any way. It was no Minotaur oh, Maleficent. It was so perfect. But Come what does on. it have to do with Christmas? Krampus. What? Krampus. I never saw that movie. Oh, it was perfect. It was. So, this is oh, from the movie so- Krampus? It's some sort. It's like the the evil like Christmas spirit or devil that comes around this time of year. It's okay popularized by movies and stuff like that. But it's a like a like an iconic kind of traditional Christmas related thing. Then more props to Mayhem. Although still, it does out of the box though. That's what I love about it. It was non denominational as well. Um, (laughs) It fit the theme. I'll give it more credit, but still, it just looked like Minotaur Maleficent to me, and I don't know. So good. Maybe put a Santa hat on Krampus. Surprised you didn't. You didn't. I wish someone came out with a Die Hard Christmas theme. Yeah. Oh, couldn't they have? Probably not. But I mean, look. All you got to do is you know wear the the sweatshirt that says "Now I have a machine gun." Ho ho ho. And then you've got me. That's the winner right there. That's the Christmas queen. I mean, obviously, um, the standouts that you called out, um, Kim Cheese was pretty interesting. <laughs> I agree with what you said. Uh, not very fashion-y, just very cartoony and kind of costume-y. Um, you know, Eureka looked great. Sonique had a really good choice. Um, the trees kind of blended in the background. It was just a solid red. Jasmine was a hot mess. Um <laughs> This is obviously showing that she was ready to leave. No, this is I'm I'm calling it. This shows Jasmine is gone and they put somebody under a mask to stand in. <laughs> Maybe. She did speak at the very end, but who knows? Um Chandela was great, a very clever reference to one of her earlier seasons. Uh, and oh. I, I will say this. We should talk about some of the one liners in this episode. Probably the only one that I really felt worthy of writing down was don't lick her or your tongue will stick. That was brilliant. I can't remember who said that. Probably one of the judges, I think. Yeah, I just don't remember which one. Yeah. 
uh, I still my favorite one liner, which wasn't intended to be a one liner, was the did we all just imagine that together <laughs> after they did that word yeah. number? <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. It's just too funny. Uh, and there was just there were so many great moments as well. I mean, earlier we didn't talk about um, mayhem bringing in the mistletoe, and then mayhem and Trixie doing a quick kiss, and then there were some other great moments throughout the entire episode. But um, yeah, and so they do their deliberations. They all give positive praise to everyone, which made this seem very fake. Um, and they're all crowned the winner. And then as a special Christmas treat, Michelle and RuPaul will lip sync at the very end. (laughs) I take it you were very pleased. Okay, I was like desperate for the judges to bring up the bag over the head. Uh, And I'm sure everybody watching was just waiting for that. You want to see critiques, and I wanted to see them bring up some of the clever things, like the Christmas presents, and um, Trixie is the angel with the wings and everything. I mean, yeah, these would have been great moments for the judges, and they do the roundtable lip-syncing, which also I just, this is why I wanted to mention, um, when Trixie said, I'm up, and this is where they're really selling it to me, this is a competition, um, he was up against Eureka, right? Yeah. Trick, yeah. Eureka is a lip-syncing assassin, and I'm a very nice person. I mean, that was a great line, but I'm thinking, okay, they're actually going to be judging these people against each other, and then half of them are going to go now, and then the ones who are left are going to be judged based on their their you know runway or whatever. I didn't know how they were going to do it. They literally put them through the ringer, and then they say, guess what? Everybody's a winner. We get the really fake thing of everybody clapping, and they must have known beforehand because. The, these seem like people who don't want to applaud, but they've been told in advance, this is what's going to happen, you have to applaud. And then it becomes a vanity project for the hosts and the judges. Now we get to be the stars of the show. I, I, none of it makes sense. Why present this as a competition and then not have it be a competition? Why actually have them get competitive and have the audience invested enough where they're like, I really like this, I don't like this, this is clever let's give them two challenges back to back and then have no winner. Oh, I, you know, more than anything, I'm just upset that nobody called out the bag on the head. That's what I really want out of this. Yeah. I think maybe just rebranding the episode in terms of what we thought it would be, would have been a lot better. I think that they could have said, you know, we're going to do this Christmas variety show and not talk, not say we're going to, I mean, even if they said we're going to still crown someone, it still would have been lower. Like, um, you know, less competitive expectations. Yeah. I think that that would have just made it a lot better. And I think you would have probably appreciated a little more if there wasn't this big emphasis on competition. <clears throat> Cause then the confessionals would have been different. Mm-hmm. The interaction at the very beginning where they're like, well, I'm going to win kind of stuff. Wouldn't have happened if they just re talked to, I think there was just a little, a lot of issues with setting it up, getting it, you know, films and all that kind of stuff that it was just like, Oh, here kind of thing. They so, didn't really think too much about the branding of it. Can we do the right thing here and pick a real winner? Yes, we're going to disagree. Okay, on a winner. <laughs> I th- this is this is the voice of drag queens, Colin. Yes, and Rossi, our other ho- who's a nice person. I'm the nice person. <laughs> I'm the voice of drag queens. You're Wait, why nice am person. I the nice person? I'm not the nice person. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, got it backwards there. Um, 
I'm yeah, we need, we need to pick a winner here. So I say we we pick it based on the runways and not the lip syncing. Because the lip syncing was like, you have three seconds. Although I wanted to give a shout out to um, uh, uh, Kimchi. It was the presence, right? Yeah. I want to give a shout out to Kimchi as the presence for being able to actually move in those things. Because my complaint with Eureka is that Eureka's costume looked great but then when eureka had to move during the lip syncing it was like wow this thing's way too big and way too heavy whereas i thought the presence would have been the hardest thing so uh shout out to kimchi for that but she let's shed the bottom half of it though to be fair i mean eureka could have done the same <laughs> sure anyways so i have a feeling i know who you're gonna pick but uh let's let's pick the are we how are we judging this are we judging this based on the costume or the lip sync, or everything combined. Um, I get. I guess we can look at the whole package, but we can say, well, the reason that I'm, you know, like, oh, I, you know, Eureka was really great in the runway. She was kind of in the meant, but I'm still gonna give it to Eureka, kind of thing. Maybe okay. we could do that. Are you giving it to Eureka? That... <laughs> no, that was just an example, just because I, I'm seeing okay. the Barbie, and that was the first person popped in the head. I am torn. Uh, because I think give, Shang- give your top two and then give your winner. Okay, my top two would be Shangela as Frosty, um, and then Kimchi as the presence. Um, can, I'll pick a top three because now I'm really wishing I had thrown Eureka in there. So I'm gonna go with Shangela, Eureka, and Kimchi. Okay. And is, that, is one particular going to stand out, or are you just going to leave it at the top? Well, I, I say we see if any of ours match up first. Okay. I have two. I have to think of a third now. Because my top two don't agree. My top two would be Mayhem with the Krampus mm. and Sonique uh, with the Ginger Woman. Uh, not going to be Jasmine. It's not going to be Latrice. <laughs> it's not going to be Kim. Um, you know what? Actually... Not hate to say it, but I'm a little surprised that I'm saying it. But I think I'm going to give the third spot in mind to Eureka as well. Mm. Just because I think that every, like, it just, I, I'm seeing this picture that you have. And I'm like, <laughs> it's it's really impressive. Like, the yeah. de- attention to detail of the recreation. It's just really well done. And I, and the lip sync wasn't abysmal. Like, yeah, it wasn't great, but, you know, it still was pretty decent. So I'm going to add Eureka in my top three. I'm going to make the pitch for Eureka here now, even though I said the lip syncing wasn't as good, because especially since, you know, you were saying you're looking at the picture, this was like a real concept. It's not just, I mean, as Shangela, it looked incredible as an outfit, because it looked like it could have been a real outfit, but it was also a snowman costume. But anybody can say I'm going to do a snowman. This was very specific, and the details... (coughs) Sorry. Yeah, it was, it was just well thought out on every level. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, coming in, like, with a, an ex, even, it's hard, you know, it was really tough because when you come in with what a deliverable, like, this is what it's mm-hmm. supposed to look like, it's hard to deliver sometimes when it's just a vague idea. You can fake some things in, but, like, when you have the set thing, it's tougher. Mm-hmm. So I give her a lot of credit for that. I would have been leaning more towards kimchi for the win personally, but, Actually, going over this, I'm more impressed with Eureka than I was originally. Can we agree on Eureka as like a joint winner? Yeah, I guess so. There I mean, we go. We both... we have finally crowned a winner of this 
travesty <laughs> that is RuPaul's Hollisley spectacular, non-denominational, non-competitional Christmas spectacular. <laughs> I can't believe it. And we just got done talking about Eureka, and here she is again. Yeah. Um, what were your thoughts of the final lip sync? Uh, I was just so... Uh, the final lip sync with everybody, or the final lip sync of RuPaul and Michelle? The judges. I was just so annoyed. Like, could you, you imagine if... the whole fakeness of it. Like, I just love that. Like, the, the self-awareness well, of... I'll give them credit. I mean, they both went all out. And if the, these were competitors on the show, I'd be like, that was fantastic. But this, to me, this is almost like if you ended a season of Survivor with, you know, the jury doing their round table and then Jeff Probst is like, and now a final word from Jeff Probst. And he gives his critique of all anyway. the contestants. Like, I'm, I'm sure we get that, you know, in his little cutaways now that everybody fast forwards, but... I don't know. It's just, it's too much vanity. It's, I, I, I was annoyed that these people put all the hard work in and this is who the people are tuning into and it suddenly becomes about the judges. Okay. Obviously, I don't think you fully understood what happened at the very end. Explain. Because, um, the judges were going to lip sync Michelle and Rapal, but the, the cutaways were all stunt doubles. So it wasn't so they actually, actually them you're doing saying. it. They were being very self-aware. Okay, like I was watching this of... on my phone on YouTube, and clearly I missed something. Yeah, so they did a lot of cutaways uh, where they would not show their faces, and they're, they were doing splits and kicks and tricks. See, that's funny. I want to go back and watch that now. That's kind of funny. Yeah, that's why I was like, uh, did you not watch it? Like, Because <laughs> it was he... very self-aware, very funny. They were doing... <laughs> clear stunt doubles like where their faces weren't showing the hair was covering it you know what's great about that is i was even commenting I'm like some of the stuff they were doing was spectacular <laughs> now i know there's a reason why i'm going back and watching this now <laughs> but yeah, uh, these are like over 50 and over year old people that are not ready to do i mean that's why i was like oh this is quite impressive but i was so annoyed but now i'm actually watching this and yes i get the joke out of it but still terrible way to end the episode Oh, I thought it was... I loved it. I thought It's it was, funny, it, but do something like this before the contestants get up there, you know? This is like you yeah, come yeah, back yeah, from yeah. commercial. That's fair. I think, obviously, we talk a lot about in this episode about maybe the re-editing or reshuffling of filming and kind of stuff like that. Maybe the fine-tuning was missing. But I think there was a lot of fun, like, underlaid throughout all of this. Obviously, a lot of things need to be fixed, edited, adjusted, reshot, kind of done, stuff like that where they could do another one of these and I wouldn't be so hated, hateful yeah. against it. I think they just need to work out a lot of the TV and editing stuff that wasn't as perfected as the show normally is. Can I tell you how to present this? Spill. Okay, this will be my final. This is this is the final word from This Colin. is your lip sync. Yeah, that's right. Um, you do a competition episode, just like a regular episode of RuPaul's Drag Race, and you present it in front of a live audience like a finale. And as you're showing a segment, you come back and you're like now in front of the audience and you bring other people out who do all these Christmas lip syncs and dance numbers and this and that. And then you're like, and now let's go back to the competition. And you look at the next segment in the show. If they did it like that, you can get the best of both worlds. But I think you need crowd interaction 
for anybody to really get enjoyment out of these 19 musical numbers. Or even if they made the episode a little bit longer and they showed the rehearsals or something. Yeah. Like they do in the normal show when they do a normal challenge. You know, you see the dancing, practicing and everything. If they showed that, it would have been a lot more... It would have looked more like a competition, even if mm-hmm. it wasn't. So that about covers it. We have to see, have to do our um, Oz Network standard of buy, rent, or bin it. Um, I'm very curious to see what you're going to do, because you talked about good, bad, and ugly. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, first of all, I have gone back and rewatched that. And when you explain it to me, I get the joke. But again, even if I were just watching this for the first time, it's not like it's just, well, I wasn't watching clearly enough. I think they could have gone even bigger with the joke on... Uh, the body doubles and stuff like that because it's almost not clear enough that it's a joke and I think that would have been really hilarious the way you were describing it I'm like oh that's gonna be great and then I rewatched it I'm like well now that Rossi's described it I see it but I I think that this could have been a complete train wreck and instead it's just a bit of a train wreck Um, I finished this episode being really frustrated and then being able to actually go over some of the things I enjoyed in this episode, it swayed me away from thinking this is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life to thinking this is <coughs> uh, maybe in a couple of years, this will be Star Wars holiday special level entertainment. <laughs> Where It's like you can get some entertainment out of all the mistakes they made. So this could go down as like a cult classic years from now for the wrong reasons. And for that reason, I'm not going to completely despise it in binning it. I'm still going to bin it, gonna, but I'm going to bin it with the disclaimer that in 20 years, this might be a rented. So in 20 years, we have to reconfigure the Oz Network tally that Ben's right. doing. We're going to rewatch this in 20 years and see if it holds up like the Star Wars holiday special where it's got, you know, bad enjoyment out of it. I think I still bin that, but um, <laughs> that's, I, I appreciate your thought. Um, I'm not going to bin it just because I still got a lot of enjoyment out of it. But I'm not going to buy it because that stupid elf ruined everything. Uh. So I'm going to rent it just because I I did get enjoyment out of it. I did have fun. Yeah, there was a lot of things wrong, but I enjoyed it. So I'm going to rent it. And that ends our Christmas month here. Oh. So we should say what's coming next is Rossi's going away for a while. The people have spoken. (laughs) Wow, the tribe has spoken. The tribe has spoken. Um, No, in all honesty... um, Am I fired? You're not fired, but the idea of actually doing these random rewatches, we've had multiple variations of... Originally, it was just Ben and I started this as a way to kind of get our groove down in recording, and then it was like, well, well, anytime we cover a show that we don't need to cover fully, and now it's become this thing where we'll alternate week and week, but... Going back a couple of months, when Jamie and I were covering Star Trek Discovery, and we were so annoyed with the season, and we're like, we should really just watch old Star Trek, we had come up with the idea of just literally randomly drawing each Star Trek TV show, Star Trek <coughs> Star Trek the original TV show, Star Trek The Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, uh, Voyager Enterprise, uh, and just picking one random episode by a random draw and watching those. We intended to do that back during the summer, we intended to do it in the fall, since the new Star Trek Discovery season is coming out in a couple weeks, we're going to kick into that. So those will probably be about twice a week because we only have so much time. Uh, so I would guess that this episode coming out on you know the beginning of the week, probably by the end of the week, Jamie and I will have our first original Star Trek uh, episode, which we're doing 
Um, I don't remember the episode title, but it's Mirror Mirror, which was the introduction of the Mirror Universe. And then at the end of that, we're going to literally random draw, randomly draw a number and pick a Star Trek Next Generation episode. So we'll probably have those about twice a week, eventually once a week. Within about three, four weeks, Rossi and I will be back to doing the normal stuff here. But in the meantime, we'll be doing the Star Trek episodes on here. I've been demoted. Uh, you've been put on hiatus. Oh. But you're coming back in a new season, in a new we'll year. We'll see. We'll see. We will see. He he may not come back now. He's so insulted. Depends on what I come back to. If it's a crummy episode of Lost in Space, <laughs> forget it. I, I'll still take talking plants over the elf. Oh, that's tough. Don't put me yeah. through that. <laughs> uh, but that'll do for us, right? Merry Christmas, because this episode's literally the last thing you're going to hear before Christmas. Oh my god, Merry, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Hallelujah Days to everyone. Happy non-denominational, non-denominational, nobody can say that. Happy non-denominational holiday to you too. <laughs> I hope everyone enjoys the second coming and yada yada yada. Potluck Christmas and hope you get your grab bag, gold Christmas holiday special treats, whatever. Um, and you won't hear from me until 2019, so... Happy New Year to everyone as well. And listen for our best of episode, which will be coming out uh, in the new year or at the end of this year, uh, probably within a week. You'll hear more of me, more of Colin. You will. Probably too much Ben, but <laughs> expected. Uh-uh. Yeah, and that'll be it for us. Um, listen to all the stuff that we have this year and and stick tuned for next. Stick tuned. Stay stick- tuned for next year. <laughs> Watch your Netflix, watch your everything. Uh, and, uh, bye. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net. <laughs>